Ephesians chapter number three, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand for the reading of the word of God. We're going to begin reading in verse number 13 and read down through verse number 21. Ephesians chapter number three, verse number 13, Paul said, wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I want to come back and look at this. It's this phrase that God's speaking to my heart about throughout this past week and this passage of Scripture in verse number 16 as Paul was praying for the saints here at Ephesus. And uh, if you're trying to find this passage I'm on page 1655 is where I'm at in the scriptures, 1655, verse number 16, where it says at the end of it, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And I'm asking God if he'd help us this morning to be strengthening the inside strengthening the inside. Let's pray, and then you can be seated. Our Father, we sure do love you. Lord, we're thankful again for the Word of God. Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. Lord, as we look back over our lives, Lord, we look back even just over the past few weeks. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, that even during this time, we would understand the importance, Lord, of strengthening the inside, the inner man. And so, Lord, encourage us, challenge us, throughout this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> As I look back over the past weeks and months, I can't help but be encouraged and strengthened about what God has done in our lives. There's been great preaching, fellowship, and I'm thankful for this, the spiritual growth that we see in people's lives. And we're thankful for that. I'm thankful for the people that are being saved. I'm thankful for those that are obeying the Lord in believer's baptism and making that public profession and then God's leading some to be able to join the church here and be part of our, our assembly and church family. And I'm thankful for all that God's doing. But we're entering a season of the year and I know that we're not even done November yet, but how many feel like just over the past few years that Christmas has just kicked in a little bit early and earlier, year by year by year? And it seems like it's kicked in a little bit early, and, but before we know it, listen, it's very quickly going to be gone. 
Do you understand that exactly one month from today, you are sitting around and most will have their trees already down and the decorations will be being put away except for those that say, no, I'm keeping them up all the way through January. Most people like to say they're festive and leave the decorations up for an extra four weeks. My thought is when I drive by, I say they're just too lazy to get out there and take them down. That's the thought behind the whole thing. Oh, we're just going to leave the lights up year round so that we're ready and we're festive. No, you're just lazy and don't want to get out there and put them away. And that includes me. If it wasn't for my wife, we wouldn't have one Christmas decoration on our tree. And so she very carefully last night put things where they are. But this coming month, getting back to the thought for today. This coming month can very quickly be so filled with activity and busyness that we forget all about the true reason and purpose for this season. And I don't want to just preach on the cliche this morning of the Jesus is the reason for the season. And we hear that every year, but it is just as true this year as it is last year. I don't want us to forget about our spiritual beings this month while we're concentrating on everything that is outside as far as the parties and the activities and the family get-togethers. You say, well, you already said parties. How many have found out that a family get-together is not always a party? Okay, so they are in two different categories as you look at it throughout this year. Listen, we're going to be concentrating on the activities, the gifts, the gathering. But here in Ephesians chapter number 3, this is the second prayer that the Apostle Paul is making mention of for the saints here at Ephesus. But he mentions about them being strengthened in the inner man. And can I encourage us throughout this month to make sure that it's not just all about the external it's not just all about those things that everybody else is going to see and that we're going to be able to participate in in all of these activities. But before we know it, we've gone the entire month and we've not read one verse of Scripture about Jesus. We've not spent any extra time after all saying it is the celebration of His birthday and realizing that this entire time of year. And I want to share just a few simple thoughts as God was speaking to my heart going into this Christmas season once again, out of Ephesians chapter number three, and really it's just these verses on saying, Pastor, how can we throughout this month, when Paul mentions, I'm praying that you are strengthened inwardly. Not just outwardly, not just busy, not just activities. Now listen, I believe all of those things are important. There's a big push today saying, listen, the outward doesn't matter a bit. It's because God sees the heart. The outward does matter. It does matter. It's the verse of Scripture that most people go to, well, God looketh on the inward appearance, or God looketh on the heart, but man looketh on the outward appearance, and you flip those phrases around and say, well, it doesn't matter anything on the outside as long as my heart's right. And listen, I do believe the inward is important. 
But I do believe that when the inward is right and the inward is strengthened, that it is going to be showing all over on the outside. I 100% believe that. You say, well, pastor, how can I? Because I'm already going into this Christmas season and I'm already frazzled. I'm already about to pull my hair out and I don't have enough to be able to pull it out. And I, I, I just can't do this for another month. How can I strengthen the inward man? I want you just to write some principles down and maybe come back and read these over again, maybe rehearse them over the next few weeks if you need to out of this passage of Scripture right here. I pray it'll be encouragement to you. I got five things I want to give to you this morning, five simple statements that God spoke to my heart about strengthening the inward man through this busy time. The first one is in verse number 13. If we can remember that there are others working for our benefit and good. We're not in this thing by ourselves. Look what Paul said and reminding the church at Ephesus, wherefore I desire that ye faint not, what? At my tribulations. But who are those tribulations for? They weren't for Paul in this verse of Scripture. Faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Do you understand the things that Paul was going through at this moment, some of the trials and the tri he used the term tribulations, the harsh things that he is going through. Listen, I don't want you to faint because of what Paul's going through. He said, I'm doing this and I'm going through it for you. You see, so many times we think and start thinking and start believing that we're just in this thing all by ourselves. We're just trying to live this life. We're trying to raise these kids. We're trying to keep this marriage together. And nobody else has ever gone through this. Nobody knows what I'm experiencing. Nobody can help me with all of this. And what Paul was saying, listen, the tribulations I'm going through right now, they're for you. And be encouraged by that. Now, listen, I'm not saying that we ought to be thriving on, listen, you're causing me problems. That's not the point that Paul is trying to make here in this passage of Scripture. But I believe he was reminding the saints that are here at Ephesus and saying, listen, I want you to know and be strengthened in the inner man. I'm laboring on your behalf. I'm in this thing with you the same way that we ought to be as a church family. There are others that are in the same boat as what you're in this morning. And when you start saying, listen, I'm at my wit's end. I can't do anymore. Realize there's others that are laboring on your behalf. There's others that are still getting up. They're still trying to, to serve you. They're still trying for your benefit and your blessing. They're still giving their lives. Do you understand when you get a text message from someone or you get a phone call or a card or a word of encouragement, do you understand that is one person doing it on your behalf for you, taking that time to be able to be an encouragement and a blessing to you? That's what it's about. He says, I desire that you faint not. In other words, you keep going. 
You keep stepping. You don't faint because of what Paul was going through on their behalf. He says, you keep going. He said, I'm laboring for you. There may be days, listen, all you can do is get up and put one foot in front of the other one. Listen, don't faint during that time. Be strengthened in the inner man because you have a church family that is still laboring and still going on for your benefit. Let me ask you something, and, and don't I sh- maybe I shouldn't even ask it. Can I say this? When I walked in this morning, I, I love the decorations at the church. Miss Crystal was here, and uh, uh, Miss Julie was here, and even Samuel. Samuel's responsible for this tree over here, making it look so good. I know you are. I was giving you the credit. No, Samuel and Evelyn were here and decorating up the tree. and they, they were putting everything together. Listen, you know something? I would still get up here and preach the exact same message, whether there were poinsettias in front of me or not. But don't it look good when you walk in here this morning? You know what that was? That was just some people that were laboring on your behalf. That when you, you walk in, hey, listen, the church was clean this morning. Isn't that a blessing? The, the, the restrooms were clean. The coffee was already made. Hey, I didn't even have to make the coffee. All I had to do was walk in this morning and push the on button. It's already taken care. You know what that is? That's other people laboring on your behalf and my behalf that we can say, you know something? There are, we are in this thing together. Not one person's doing all of it. And Paul said, listen, you faint not at my tribulations for you. Second of all, I want you to see this in number, uh, verse number 14. You say, how, how can I be strengthened in the inner man? Remember that others are working for your benefit and good. Second of all, remember this, someone's praying for you. Someone's praying for you. You understand verse number 14? For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine how encouraging it was for the saints at Ephesus to be able to get a letter from the Apostle Paul. And listen, this is the second time. I already made mention of it. You get back into chapter number one that it actually starts talking about where Paul was also praying for the saints there at Ephesus. He mentions it again in chapter number three. And what Paul is saying, this is why I'm bowing my knee for you. I'm praying for you. I am going before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? For Paul's benefit? No, he was praying for the saints at Ephesus. How many have ever had someone walk up to him, and this has been testified about, I know it happens at Granite State Baptist Church, that they walk up and say, hey, I've been praying for you and praying for you about this subject matter. You know what that means? That means they're paying attention. That means they're calling it out specifically what you requested. And Paul said, hey, I'm praying for you. And then he says, I want you to be strengthened in the inner man. What do you think it did to the inside and encouraging that church there at Ephesus that Paul said, I want you to remember, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. One of my, and it's become more dear over the years, especially as, as the years that God allowed us to be able to travel and I may be six, 8,000 miles away from home and maybe listen to that song, and maybe many of you have probably heard that, that across the miles, there's someone praying for you. Well, I, can I tell you that? That's an encouragement. 
You know what it is when you got missionaries that are 8,000 miles from home and all of a sudden they get a message through that says, hey, just wanted to let you know you were on my heart today and I was praying for you. Now, a lot of times that means more than a million dollar check. I told churches as we traveled, I said, listen, I said, we need prayer more than anything else. People praying for us. I said, because there's going to be times, and understand this, there's going to be times, listen, if you had a million dollars in the bank, you wouldn't be able to buy yourself out of that problem. Money's not going to take care of it. Friendship's not going to take care of it, but someone getting on their face before God and bowing their knee to be able to intercede on your behalf and say, hey, someone's praying for you. And what Paul said here is, listen, I want you strengthened by his spirit in the inner man, and I want you to remember that I'm praying for you. There are others that are working for your benefit. You're not in it by yourself. Others are laboring for you. Someone's praying for you. I don't know if that's as much of an encouragement for you as it is for some others that have said what a blessing it is. And I know, listen, I get sick of the news media today making a joke about saying, well, our thoughts and prayers are with them. I get disgusted at that. Well, it's going to take more than prayers to be able to get through this. You know something, it may, it may take some time too, but prayer is the best place you can start. Someone once said that you can, you can do everything and then close it out with prayer, but then they also said you really haven't done anything until you've started in prayer. And we say that there's such a responsibility. Well, all you do, and they they mock Christians across our nation. Listen, they would have a field day if they walked in here on a Thursday night and they saw our families that were praying one with another, petitioning the God of heaven to be able to intercede on their behalf. Hey, they're going through this trial and tribulation. Well, we're going to pray through it. What can we do? Oh, well, I I can't do anything except for go to God. That's that's all that can be done. But listen, in many times, that's all we ought to be doing is going before the Lord in prayer. And Paul is saying, listen, I have bowed my knee. What do you think the Apostle Paul's time would be worth today? The Apostle Paul, listen, I mean, I know Spurgeon was called the Prince of Preachers, but when when you think about the Apostle Paul and the impact and the care, as he made mention of it, the care I have on me for all the churches and how many people would come and talk to Paul, but yet when Paul would bow his head and spend some time with his Savior, I never see where Paul was praying a selfish prayer. But he said, I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm praying specifically for this. I want you to be strengthened in the inner man. Would you remember, listen, it may be the darkest of nights in the middle of the night, but remember that there's someone that is praying for you. You say, well, who is it here that's standing up and praying for me? You may say, well, it was one of those hours nobody was, but you can always go to the book of Hebrews where it says that Jesus Christ and he ever liveth, guess what? To make intercession for us. So listen, it might be the middle of the night and you say, nobody's praying for me right now. There's someone seated in heaven at the right hand of the throne of God. And he does not sleep, he does not slumber, and he's praying for us. And listen, he's bowed the knee 
and praying for us. But I saw this, this encouraged me. And listen, I'm just coming down through these verses. I'm giving you what encouraged me this week. Someone's laboring and suffering on for my benefit and my behalf. That's what Paul said he's doing for the saints there at Ephesus. Um, he's praying for those that are there in Ephesus. But then here's what strengthened me really in all of this throughout this week here I want to get to. In verse number 14, the end of it says, The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And I read that statement and I said, you understand, it strengthens my inner man, strengthens me on the inside when I realize who I'm identified with who I'm identified with. Now, I've had an opportunity, and uh, some of you have too, to be able to, and it's one of the things about New Hampshire, if you want to meet a presidential candidate, you can go meet them. And some say, well, boy, you get to, you get to rub shoulders with some of those people. Can I say beyond all of that, do you understand who he's petitioning to heaven right here? He said, in the name of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of who the whole family is named. What's our family name? Christian. Our family name, we're identified with Christ. You understand, we could be identified with a lot of people here on this earth. And some of you put more stock in being identified with certain people or certain teams or something along those lines here in this physical world. Listen, call me a Christian before anything else. I'd rather be known by who my Savior is than anybody else or anything else. Oh, isn't it wonderful to be called the pastor of Granite State Baptist Church? Sure it is. But can I say this? It's down about fourth or fifth on my list. What? We're not that important? No, number one, I'm a child of God. Now, I know this is going to shock you. Number two, I'm a husband. Guess what number three is? I'm a father. I'll get it down around number four. I'm the pastor. Now listen, there's a lot of things we can be identified with, but it ought to strengthen us as we go throughout this world and the busyness and the activities. Listen, allow that to strengthen the inner man. You may not have anything else going for you, but when you identify with Christ, of who the whole family. Notice that it said this, the whole family in heaven and earth. There's some that aren't part of the family. Just understand that. Some that are not part of the family, even Jesus said, while he was here on this earth, he looked at a group of those, and they were religious folks, by the way, and he looked at them and said, you're of your father, the devil. You do have two families. You got the family of the devil, and you got the family of God. Boy, I'm thankful when I was adopted into the family of God. I'm so thankful. Listen, that's who I get to be identified with. But then I look at these last couple things, I'll give them to you. I hope this strengthens your inner man and you're writing these down and, and you can just come back and read these verses again over the next month when you're about ready to pull your hair out. You know what was great about going to Thanksgiving down in Philly? No cleanup at our house. How many got to go somewhere else and not clean up your own house? Hey, someone else was laboring on your behalf. How many are thankful? Listen, you walk into church, people are laboring on your behalf. You're not in this thing on your own. Someone's praying for you who are identified with. 
who were I recognized with. But then he goes into this right here and starting in verse number 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I simply wrote down and this kind of overwhelmed me this week as I thought about, well, what will strengthen my inner man? The love that Christ has for me. Just sit back and think sometime about how much Jesus loves you. We sing it as a little Sunday school song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That is one of the most profound and greatest truths that have ever put down into song or chorus. Jesus loves me. And you understand that that's what he is saying, that we ought to be rooted and grounded here. Let me turn, I turn back the page, that we ought to be rooted and grounded in love. Do you know what ought to anchor us, strengthen our inner man, where the entire foundation is? Is that Christ loves us. You say, but everything else that's going on, I'm ready to, to, to go crazy over this family and everything that's taking place. You're not the first one to say I'm going crazy over family. You're not the first one to say, listen, if I never see him again, it'll be too soon for me. You're not the first one to get to that point. Do you know what ought to keep us anchored in all of it, though? Jesus loves me. This I know. Listen, in all of it, try to understand and comprehend the love of Christ. Do you understand? I mean, when he, when he starts talking, the, these words that are used... The breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Go ahead. Every dimension. Keep looking at the love of Christ. And I found out this. You ever, you ever sat there and tried to look into space? And the more your eyes get adjusted, the more you realize it just continues on and goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Do you understand? Every telescope that's ever been invented and built, all it does is show that there's more out there. Now just start trying to understand the love of Christ for you. Just start trying to, to grasp and to be able to wrap your mind around it. Just keep staring at the love of Christ in the scriptures. Listen, all we're going to find out is that there's still more love. We never come to the end of it. I don't believe we're ever going to fully comprehend the love that Christ has for us until we see him. And then I don't even know if we'll fully comprehend the love that Christ has for us. Because the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, you start realizing how bad of a sinner you are and then compare it to how much he must love you. When we start realizing all of that, that Christ would love us. You say, well, I don't understand all of that. I think there is one thing that every person ought to be able to agree on here this morning is every one of us have done something wrong. And none of us are deserving 
of the love of Christ. That's why it's love. That's why it's mercy. That's why it's grace He bestows to us. The love that Christ has for us. You say, well, I don't, I don't really know how much He loved love me. Okay, you think about the one sin maybe that you've committed. You ever told a lie? Bible says that's sin. Okay? So maybe all you've ever done is tell a lie. Do you understand that, that, that sin? One sin is enough to separate you from God for all of eternity because He's holy and just. One sin. I'm not, I'm not a bad person. One sin makes you a sinner. Separated from God for all of eternity. What's the payment for that? Jesus said, I'll pay it. Why? Because you're such a good guy. No, understand he's paying for your guilt. He's paying for your shame. He read the verse that he is our propitiation, which means he is our substitute. He appeased the wrath of God that was meant for me. Why? Just because he loves me. He loves me. Try to comprehend. But listen, he also said it here in verse number 19, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. We're never going to know why he, cho- he just chose to love us. And boy, I'm thankful for that. But do you understand that there's never been a person upon the face of the earth that God didn't love? Oh, yeah, I've got, I've got Bible for that. No, you don't. You really don't. <laughs> There's not a person. We never run into the wrong person that I can't look at them and say, hey, I want you to know Jesus loves you today. What a blessing. I got a uh, random text message through. There was a, and I despise group messages, by the way. Okay, I'm taking a stand. A random group message for my brother's anniversary. You don't need to put one in this afternoon, Sean. Random group message comes through. It's got telephone numbers on there that haven't been used by people we know for a few years. And other people have that telephone number now. So here it comes through. Okay, hey, happy anniversary, Danny. I hope you have a great day. Text message comes through. Blankety blank, blank, blank. <laughs> Seriously, there were 13 numbers on there, and they're like, you're not my brother. <laughs> Christian terminology. And I'm realizing real quick, and I'm not saying there's a whole bunch of numbers on there. People don't know each other. And they're saying, hey, brother, hope you had a great day. Happy anniversary, brother. I mean, they're going on. And these people are getting this saying, I have no idea. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, well, this is Peter. And obviously, not everybody knows everybody on this group text. I said, but I can tell you for sure that Jesus loves you. And I said, he will save you if you call upon him. You say, who was that? I have no idea. But I will say this. We deleted the group text afterwards, but everybody that was on there got the message that, hey, Jesus loves you. I said, it's not random. I'm going to tell them something about Jesus while I'm getting this through. Hey, try that with telemarketers too. Hey, before you tell me about that, can I tell you about Jesus and how good he's been to me? You might get on a do not call list. But it was a random text message. And I said, listen, I'm going to have the opportunity. They're going on. I'm going to tell them Jesus loves you. 
and he died for you and he'll be your savior. That's what I put in the group text and sent it back to him. Someone obviously knew me by the end of it and said, I think we ought to stop texting on this group text and God bless you, Peter. (laughs) And then that was the end of the group text as we had it. Listen, you'll never fully comprehend the love that Christ has for you. But then can I close with this right here? I hope this strengthens your inner man, strengthens you on the inside that there's others working for you. There's someone praying for you, who you're identified with, the love that Christ has for you. And then these last couple verses, remember this, that God can do more through you than you can ever imagine and think. Do you understand? He started in verse number 20 at the end of it. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now listen, I started thinking as I looked at this verse, do you understand there'll be some that go through this busy time of the year and say, well, God could never use me. God would never bless me during these times. Look how much I've messed my life up. God could never do that. Listen, there is a God in heaven that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. There's some that have cried out to God saying, God, would you use me? God, would you use me? Would you, would you do something with my life? Listen, God can do more with you than what you'll ever dream or imagine if you just let him. Just let him. You say, well, I don't think we have a choice in it. Sure we do. Some of y'all rebelled against God, not letting him use your life until you get to the point of saying, yes, Lord, here I am. Start understanding the love that Christ has for you and say, God, if you're willing to, here's my life. I'm giving it to you. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Hey, that old preacher that came up to me and said something's coming up in New Hampshire. I told you about that last Sunday afternoon. Boy, there's, there's something going on in New Hampshire for God to have something for you up there. He'd always walk by me after I'd get back from flying somewhere in the world. And I'd get back and I'd be walking into my office. And Charles Long would walk by and he'd say, who would have ever thought that God would just take a little old boy from Maine and let him go see the world at God's expense? That's what he'd say to me. If he said it once, he said it a hundred times. Who would have ever thought God would take a little boy from Maine? That's where I grew up, by the way, in case you're wondering. A little boy from Maine, he was talking about me. A little boy from Maine, send him around the world. Listen, I never thought that. In, in my teenage years, in my teenage years, I honestly, and most of the way through college, I honestly thought that I'd get done Bible college and I'd go back to Maine. I'd probably pastor a little church up there and I'd die up there. That's, that's honestly what I thought for my life. Had no idea that God would say, I got other plans for you more than you could ask or think. And here's what God has. Now listen, if you're feeling weak in the inner man, you're just discouraged, you're depressed, you're down. I'm talking on the inside. You've got all the activity great on the outside. Boy, you're attending the parties. You're at the activities. You even have a half a smile on your face. But inside, you're just weak and you're down. I believe the Lord's trying to encourage us even going into this season saying listen write some things down come back look at this passage of scripture 
and be strengthened in the inner man. You know what my prayer is for Granite State Baptist Church? The exact same one that Paul had here, that you'd be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. That God would do something on the inside to be able to strengthen you, to be able to continue on, to continue on with the strength to do what you know is right. Yes, being in church is right. Reading your Bible is right. Activities are right. We're supposed to do those things, but it's a whole lot better when we're strengthened on the inside to be able to do that. But I want to remind us of this. I wonder if you're part of the family this morning. Identified with, can you remember a time when you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? There may be times when the outward, the flesh, is weak and weary. The inner man must be strengthened. Remember who Christ is. Remember what He's done on your behalf and that Christ loves you and that He wants to do more through you than you could ever imagine if you just let Him. But if you're here today and you're not part of the family and you don't identify with Christ, listen, it'd be a wonderful morning to be able to get that settled. That, hey, I'm not going to live for myself. I'm not going to live for the devil any longer. I want to be part of the family of God. And that may be you this morning. If you're not sure that you're saved, it'd be a wonderful day to be able to trust Christ as your Savior. If you are saved, maybe ask the Lord in the invitation time, Lord, would you strengthen the inner man? God, would you do something on the inside to be able to keep going?